I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the defending World Series champion Cubs. We can't say it's just a bunch of guys because it's just me. Anno, Ben, is getting married this weekend and Andy is overseas having been deployed to protect our freedom, so wish him safe passage and safe return. But we can still talk Cubs because I haven't done one of these in a while, so figure we'll just go ahead and make this work. So, I got a job, yay. And just as with life and baseball, we realize that we, we have a lot of things in common, like life throws you a curveball, you adjust, you hit the curveball, and you land yourself hopefully a better and more stable job. So uh, we can talk a little bit about life. We can talk a little bit about the Cubs and their pursuit of another Central Division crown, what happened over the past few series, and what where to go from here. So I think that sounds like a good plan. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. And we'll get it set up. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrows. So the last time we talked, I had been talking about my job search and trying to figure out where I was going from here. Uh, I am, of course, a Chicago area teacher. I've been working in charter schools for quite a while because, unfortunately, despite the fact that I'm like highly intelligent and super overqualified, I do not have a teaching license. So that kind of limits the types of jobs that I can get. But thankfully, the network that I'm working with now is it's very big on supporting their teachers, helping them get credentialed, giving them as much as they can to succeed, despite the fact, of course, that teachers are grossly underpaid. We, we just have a lot of stuff to do and not a lot of compensation for it, but that's not really why one goes into teaching. Anyway, like at some point, I might uh, do a GoFundMe to figure out how to get the tuition so that I can actually apply to and enter and pay for these credentialing programs, but that's not right now. And this this is one of those things where you ask, well, if you're asking for money, why are you doing this podcast? Why are you paying for this podcasting service? And I say, well, honestly, like I do this for free. I do this on my own time. The podcasting service only costs about like 14 bucks a month. So if you're asking me to save the 14 bucks a month, it'll take me several years just to save enough for one semester of the teaching program. So you can't really say say anything about that. Anyway, life is a lot like baseball. You do it as a marathon. There are going to be ups, there are going to be downs, and over the long run, you try to make the best that you can. And, you know, in advance, I, I know that some of you just do this podcast because you're Cubs fans. Some of you might actually care about what happens to me, and I wanted to just put that out there to let people know that 
I feel like I provide a very good service for underserved minorities. I think that they react well to my instruction. I feel like I just make an impact, not just in your little neck of the woods with the podcast, but also in the real world where I'm preparing hundreds, maybe even thousands over the long run kids to to become college prepared, to graduate from college, and to give back to society. So I feel like it's worth a shot to see if you guys would be willing to invest a little bit in me so that I can in turn invest that into our future. Anyway, you don't really care about that, so we'll shuffle back to the baseball side of things in just a moment. It's more than just a game. Now that we are back from the All-Star break, we've actually had a couple of weeks since then. The Cubs have won all of their series except for the most recent one, which I guess uh, you guys were kind of disappointed about despite the really furious comeback. However, the Cubs are still 1.5 games, one and a half games ahead of Milwaukee in the standings. They did, in fact, just beat them in Milwaukee. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. And this is actually the first series that they lost against the Arizona Diamondbacks that... that you know, they, they've lost since the All-Star break. Everybody's been performing very well. Uh, sometimes bad teams beat good teams. Sometimes good teams can't beat other good teams. And it just so happens that the Diamondbacks are a good team. They have been for quite some time, which is why they're even in the wild card lead. And got to give a shout-out to the new guys. Uh, Jose Quintana has been lights out for about three starts. You know, he's had his up and ups and downs in those starts, but all of them pretty much have been quality starts. And unfortunately, this time around, he couldn't get that going, but he was able to eat five innings. He gave up the six runs on the three home runs, but he did strike out six guys. So there's good stuff in there. There's just, you know, sometimes you hang a curveball and there's nothing you can do. The cool thing was I saw... Uh, Zach Greinke gave up six runs uh, soon after the Cubs were able to tie tie the game and even go ahead briefly, and then they they t uh, tied the game again before Paul Goldschmidt, who is, of course, really, really good. He's one of the MVP candidates uh, in the National League, and he's probably the Diamondbacks' best player. Had to go at a home run, J.D. Martinez, who is also a good offensive player, which is why the D-backs traded for him in the first place. He hit another home run, and sometimes that happens. Like, Wade Davis had saved something like 21 straight games, and he's bound to give up a run here or there. And unfortunately, this was one of those classical, hey, you have a closer in a non-safe situation, and maybe he's out of his element. Or maybe, just maybe, it's the fact that he was facing two of the best hitters in the league, and sometimes the hitters will beat the pitcher. Uh, for those of us who were wondering, well, why even pitch to Goldschmidt? And 
The fact of the matter is, if you don't pitch to Goldschmidt, you got to pitch to J.D. Martinez. And even though J.D. Martinez has a lot of swing and miss, he has a lot of power. And now that's a two-run home run instead of a solo home run. So, you know, it, it it's just one of those things that happens. And as for pitching to Goldschmidt, he's still going to make an out about 53% of the time, which kind of gives you a coin flip but for the most part any hitter if you just pitch to them is more likely than not going to make an out and unfortunately for Wade Davis he made two bad pitches and that was the ball game I'd like to say though that uh, the Cubs were able to make it interesting all throughout the game you kind of expected oh my gosh Jose Quintana just gave up six straight six runs and the Cubs are down like 6-1, to one, and he's out of the game, and Greinke has been pitching lights out. He's a lot better than in his first year as a Diamondback. And then the Cubs came roaring back and, again, even took the lead. Wilson Contreras has been crazy. Uh, it's wonderful that the Cubs were able to find a more capable uh, backup catcher for the time being than Victor Caratini. So, and Alex Avila. Alex Avila actually represented the tying run in the bottom of the ninth. So, you gotta understand, there was a sign of the old Cubs team of 2016 where you always thought, hey, you know what? They are down quite a bit, but if you give them outs, there is a very good chance that they can at least storm back and make the other team nervous. And it didn't happen today, but again, this is the very first time that the Cubs have lost a three-game series since the All-Star break. So considering all this, considering that they made up uh, five and a half games in less than two weeks, considering that they're up one and a half games, and considering that the Milwaukee Brewers are off to play uh, the the Rays in Tampa Bay, and the Rays are very, very good right now. They are in the wild card hunt, and they are hanging tough in a really difficult uh, AL East. So this is a good team going against a team in the Brewers that you kind of assume aren't going to be that good right now, and it makes sense. You you feel good about the Cubs going up against. Uh, the Washington Nationals who are struggling in their own right. And you also feel good about the fact that while Milwaukee is playing the Rays and the Twins, the Cubs are going to go into San Francisco and beat down on the Giants. And after just a really, really rough first half, I, I feel like the Cubs are going to be just fine. They have the one and a half game lead. The Cardinals are fading in the standings. The Reds and Pirates probably aren't going to do much except for beat up on each other and become punching bags in their own right. And the Brewers uh, haven't made that many upgrades. And it, it's just like we kind of predicted at the beginning of the year. The Cubs are the team to beat in the Central. We've been extremely lucky as fans, and the organization themselves have been lucky that they haven't gone behind so so much. They were able to uh, hang tough until they could get their guys healthy and rested. It was a godsend in a way that only Wade Davis went to the All-Star game, and everybody else got to stay at home. They got to relax. They got to recharge. Now Jake Arrieta, despite losing on Wednesday night, is 
pitching extremely well, he's probably going to get paid incredibly uh, this offseason when he leaves in free agency. Guys like John Lester are, are pitching as well as they have been. Uh, John Lester recently hit his first career home run, which was really, really fun. And the stretch of baseball has been incredibly fun. Even the game, the series finale against Arizona the, on Thursday, that was a load of fun. And despite the fact that they lost because it was back and forth, there was a lot of action. Uh, despite the rain delays, we had just a heck of a time uh, following this game. And I, I feel like uh, I haven't seen Joe Madden's comments yet, but he's probably going to say the same thing. Like, you don't expect the bullpen, which is filled with solid to great relievers, to cough up the lead that often. This is just one of those things that happens against a really, really good team because you, you have to understand guys like Paul Goldschmidt are always going to give you a good at-bat. Guys like uh, J.D. Martinez are going to have the power to basically disrupt your rhythm, to always have a chance to put the team ahead with just one swing of the bat. And we just have to appreciate the fickleness of baseball and understand that over the past couple of weeks, the Cubs have been playing blisteringly hot baseball. And we kind of expect that to continue, despite the fact that the Washington Nationals are coming into town. Yeah, sure, it's going to be a really tough series. Bryce Harper, of course, is an MVP candidate. Daniel Murphy, for whatever reason, is good at baseball. And Ryan Zimmerman had remember how to hit. So what you going to do? Like, sometimes you just have to play the good teams. But if you keep taking a look at the schedule, the Cubs are playing just patsies for pretty much the rest of the year and after these next couple of of uh series they it's own it's pretty much going to be uh nl central heavy and the nl central again is really bad at baseball right now so we kind of expect that the cubs should sustain their lead they've gotten back into the groove uh just as anthony rizzo said for those of you who uh, say that the Cubs should stop having fun every time they lose. Yeah, sure, during the rain delay, they were able to do the bullpen dance-off, and they do the dance-offs uh, when somebody hits a home run on their team. And those are a lot of fun. Baseball is fundamentally a kid's game. It's supposed to be fun. And you're not going to see people like slit their wrists or jump off a bridge because they lost one game out of 162. As of right now, the Cubs should have. They are at. Cubs are at 57-50. That means they have 107 games played. They should have 55 games left. And those 55 games, anything can happen. If they win even 60% of the games, they should be at about 90 wins to end the season. And that should be plenty to win the NL Central. So, yeah, like they are going to lose a game here and there. You just appreciate that they are losing these games uh, during the month of August instead of during the month of September or, worse yet, October when they even make the playoffs. If you are so caught up on every single game, uh, living and dying on every pitch and every game, you're probably even more obsessive than I am or any of us here at World Series Dreaming. And honestly, 
you got to take a step back because the season's going to kill you. Like, there is no reason to live and die by every game. You look at the stretch of games, again, that we talked about earlier. The Cubs have been at phenomenal since the uh, start of the second half, the nominal second half after the All-Star break. So, really, you can't say that they haven't played well. Like, Anthony Rizzo has been hitting the tar out of the ball. Wilson Contreras has been as well. Hal Schwarber's batting average is going up if you care about that that stuff but honestly everybody's uh plate appearances their discipline has been going up and yes you are going to have some bad plate appearances most of these guys are under the age of 25 they are going to keep growing and you remember again that these are the same guys the same core group of guys that won the world series for you last year and they are going to do well going forward. It's almost inevitable. And uh, for those of you who don't like the new guys because, oh my gosh, Alex Avila struck out too much, or Justin Wilson has given up hits and whatnot, I feel like they've done a pretty stand-up job uh, given the circumstances and things like Jake Arietta saying that he trusted Alex Avila to call a good game, and it was a good game. He gave up the two runs over the seven innings, but that was it. And it doesn't help the Cubs when they can't even score one run, right? So it's it's up to you to put everything in perspective, to look at the long game and realize that these people who run the Cubs, who have been running the Cubs for the past five-plus years and brought you and the city of Chicago a World Series championship, maybe they should be trusted. Maybe it's not that big of a deal to empty the farm right now, considering most of the top prospects are already in the Major League Club winning World Series. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time, and the Chicago Cubs win the World Series and winning baseball games for you, and winning MVPs, winning silver sluggers, winning gold gloves. You just have to keep everything in perspective, and I wish more fans would be able to do that. I totally understand when fans uh, have their little moments. I do, and just to be perfectly honest, I get a little frustrated when somebody strikes out, and then you wipe that off the board, and you realize, yes, you know what, they might have struck, struck out, but they're going to get another at-bat later in the game, and maybe they'll do something good about it. And going back to my job, this is going to be my fifth full year of teaching starting in, uh, later on this month. And for the past four years, I've been helping out with the baseball teams at the schools that I've been working with. So it's very difficult already to teach kids that they shouldn't live and die by every at-bat, that there's always another chance to do well. And until the Cubs are mathematically eliminated, which is not going to happen, uh, let's just put that out there. I'm pretty reasonably certain that the Cubs will make the postseason, and they'll be a tough opponent for whoever they face up against understand that they will have more chances to do well over the long run when we, we are done with game 162 let's take a look back and see how they 
they do. But in the meantime, just enjoy every game that's going on over the summer because when the last pitch of the World Series is thrown and the last out is recorded, you're going to be pining for baseball to start over again in spring training. And that's all I really have to say about that. The Cubs are going to be just fine. They are going to host the Nationals. And uh, after the off day on uh, uh, after the San Francisco series, uh, we'll try to put another podcast up. Just looking at the 40-man roster right now, and looks good. I mean, the 25-man roster right now is what you would kind of expect them to go into the postseason with. Uh, even John Lackey as the number five nominal number five pitcher right now is doing very well. Uh, when the Cubs start September, it looks like a bloodbath just based on the scheduling. So September happens to be when the, the rosters will expand to include everybody on the 40-man, and I expect guys like, say, Eddie Butler to come up and be long relievers or even spot starters if they intend on giving the regular guys a rest, save their bullets for the uh, for the postseason run, Justin Grimm will be back, and hopefully he'll have figure out some of his jitters. Uh, guys like Pierce Johnson might get a look again. You have other guys as well who will be able to step up and get some innings, get some quality innings, and try to help the Cubs' arms rest enough but stay loose enough so that they are ready for the postseason uh, Victor Caratini will be another catcher to help give more, Wilson Contreras more days off than he had been. Tommy Lastello will be back as another bench bat, and maybe even Marcus Agunas and possibly even Jacob Hanneman would, would come up to just get their, their second or first to second cups of coffee. So we're looking at a situation where the Cubs will be playing mostly Bad teams like the Cardinals are probably going to continue to sell, and uh, they're already nursing a few injuries here and there. They're already uh, kind of floundering, even against the Brewers. They're also playing the Brewers. They're playing the Phillies. They're playing just a lot of bad teams in September. So I imagine that if they can get through August with the division lead in hand, and even if they don't, even if they're like a game or two behind, they can quickly make it up over the last 30 days of the season in order to uh, get their second straight division crown. And inevitably, I, I think the Dodgers are going to win the NL West outright. The Diamondbacks in Colorado are kind of duking it out right now, although Colorado has faded a little bit. You could foresee a situation where the Cubs might go for the wild card, but I don't see that happening. They are right now leading the division by a game and a half. I think that they will, again, keep this lead. Uh, you'll continue to see, hopefully, good performances from everybody. Just over the past few days, like you've seen Javier Baez, of course, strike out a bunch, and he sat a couple of days, and then he came back, hit a really important home run, and he had a good day against Zach Greinke, so... These things kind of, like, you know, take care of themselves. I think Anthony Rizzo has had a very good year. Like My wife has been staring at his butt pretty much all, all season, so... Oh, jeez, look at the butt on that. Yeah. He must work out. 
guys like Addison Russell, who has had his ups and downs uh, both on and off the field. He, he's still figuring it out at shortstop, having a few bad throws, but overall, he's the best shortstop on this roster, and he's one of the best shortstops in the league. So hopefully it's like it. we look at guys like Albert Onomora, who's had uh, good hits. Like, you know, every now and then he does pound it in the ground. But again, you you feel like he's going to figure it out. He's going to be a good uh, backup outfielder. He's going to be a good center fielder. He's going to make good use of all his opportunities. Kyle Schwarber is not going to hit under 200 forever. If you care about those things, he is is fundamentally a very good hitter, and I feel like he's going to prove it like he did uh, last season when he miraculously came back for the postseason to help the Cubs win the World Series. So that's uh, pretty much it for the roster. I believe that they will just wipe this last loss off the slate and start over. They'll do their best against the Washington Nationals. Even if they lose the series, even if they get swept, it's not the end of the world again because of September. And I hope everybody keeps that in mind. Like, after the Washington series, there are going to be 52 games left and probably like 49 of them are against bad teams. So you're going to see a lot of easy times. And let's put this caution out there. Like every single team that the Cubs play right now is a Major League Baseball team. And Major League Baseball basically means that everybody on the roster is one of the best baseball players in the world. They might be relatively worse than, say, an Anthony Rizzo or a Chris Bryant or a Jake Arrieta, but they are good at baseball, and every now and then a goofy pitcher like Zach Davies is going to look really, really good against the Cubs, even a team as talented as the Cubs. And that's really just baseball. You, again, have to keep everything in perspective. And, yeah, just enjoy yourselves. Okay, guys? Could it be a hero's moment? Could they somehow find a way? Will they rid us of these ghosts of shame? I'd like to take this moment to just give my condolences to the Cubs community and to the family of John Aguilo, who, well, once upon a time, he came on our podcast, our Dreamcast, our original Dreamcast with Mauricio Rubio, and he told me how to pronounce his name. And I'm pretty sure it was Arguello or something like that. Uh, he did say Arguello was probably good for those of us who weren't like privy to his native Brazilian uh, or Portuguese pronunciation, but he did tell us once upon a time how to pronounce it. And unfortunately, when Mauricio left to uh, scout for the St. Louis Cardinals, he also uh, terminated those podcasts, so we can't uh, get to those audio files anymore. But it did happen. Uh, John was a really good supporter of our podcast like he didn't share us all the time but he acknowledged that we existed he acknowledged that we had a voice and that's really all that we really wanted like this endeavor of ours world series dreaming is never going to make a lot of money like it would be kind of nice if it did but uh that's not really what our primary lives are we just like to talk 
Cubs and baseball with like-minded individuals who understood the rebuild. And that was really John Arguello. He understood uh, the Cubs. He understood baseball far greater than myself, probably greater than most of us. And he had a really sharp mind, and he was always willing and ready to talk baseball, whether you know it was during a game, whether it was after a game, whether it was during the offseason. He just loved the sport, and he loved uh, interacting with people, and that's probably what we will remember most about him. That's all the time we have for this week's podcast. I do have to get ready for work. Teacher's life. It, it's kind of appropriate that we gave the tribute to John Arguello because he was not just a good guy and a friend, but he was also a really good teacher. Like, if you have the chance, go into the Cubs and Ar- archives, look up anything that he wrote, and you will always learn something from him. And that's really how we will remember him as a good teacher, a good friend, and just a very good good man. And that's probably why like everybody in Cubs Twitter was impacted so much by his passing. Uh, our condolences to his friends and family, to the fellow writers at Club Cubs Den, and just anybody who's ever been tangentially touched by John Arguello, his words, and his warmth. We'd like to thank uh, Rich Deanna for helping us with our theme song and Randall Sanders for providing the World Series final out clip for us. You can, of course, find us on Twitter. Twitter handle is at WSDreaming underscore Cubs. You can find me on Twitter at Cubic Snarconia. Our site is WorldSeriesDreaming.com. You can email us any questions you have at WorldSeriesDreaming at gmail.com. Please rate and share our podcast. Uh, You can rate us on iTunes. And we'd like to thank, uh, give a special thanks to Mr. T.J. Eckelberg for the only comment and review so far on iTunes. Like, we probably need more to generate an average, but it was really nice of you to leave that comment. It made me feel good that somebody's actually listening and caring about what we have to say. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the World Series Dreamcast and go Cubs.